0: EM Board
1: Bombs.
0: Hi, welcome
1: to another episode of EM Board Bombs, where you come for the stems and stay for the awesome bombs of knowledge, both for your board exams and for real life. I'm Marlena Wasiski, and I'm here with Blake Briggs. Happy to be here today hosting another episode co-host, social media guru, doing the Twitter things. And sometimes I let you use my wonderful voice.
0: Yes, absolutely. Happy to have you here again, as usual. Dr. Hussein, as you could suspect, is is not here. He's doing something else. And I'm going to be honest, I am out of the crazy amount of examples of things he's doing. <laughs> you know, someone told me the other day, uh when i was at work they're like does iltifat really do all that stuff and i'm like well we try to make it as believable as possible so there's a strong possibility that he actually could be doing those things we mentioned
1: <laughs> he might be he might be striking with the united auto workers for all we know
0: <laughs> yeah exactly no i think last time he was in the hollywood strikers the writer strike so. oh yeah He yeah yeah don't worry ian Borbombs is not victim to that we uh We are just like any other medical podcast. We are grossly underpaid for what we provide.
1: (laughs) We are our own bosses, which also means that we are our own payroll.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. Well, let's delve into this awesome topic today. Um, Marlene, I love the topic that you picked. As usual, Marlene and I usually have a few text exchanges of talking about what should we talk about? And this one is a really uncommon thing that you probably don't think about regularly. (laughs) but it's time to relearn it because it's very scary. You have 57 year old female arriving to your ED with complaints of dizziness. So the patient presents pale. She looks unwell on arrival. She's tachycardic. Her husband states that the patient has had intermittent episodes of confusion as well and altered mental status over the past week. The patient admits to recently adding a new homemade kombucha recipe that she's trying at home to lose weight and have a more healthy intake instead of soda. In triage, she actually tells the nurse that she regrets finding an article on social that describes a new pasta recipe that was titled, quote, turn Gigi Hadid's spicy vodka pasta recipe into a pizza sauce. And I'm not kidding you. That's the real article that I found online. <laughs> the exact <laughs> title. Anyway, the patient is now having diarrhea for about a week. She has confusion episodes we mentioned, as well as dizziness withstanding. You get some labs and immediately the CBC results impressively within five minutes with a platelet count of 10,000 and a hemoglobin of six. She has petechiae on exam. Which of the following is the best next step while the patient is in the ED? Choice A, plasmapheresis. Choice B, platelet transfusion. Choice C, fresh frozen plasma. Choice D, packed red blood cell transfusion. Marlena, this is a great question. What's the correct answer?
1: Well, before I give you the correct answer, I want to tell you about EM Rapid Bombs, which oh, is the Cliffhanger. Subs- yeah, yeah. So hold on to that thought. <laughs> And instead, listen to me talk about our awesome subscription podcast where you get multiple episodes a week, two to three minutes a piece with rapid hits on a very focused topic to help you study again for boards in real life. And you also get a spaced repetition email to make sure you maintain all that knowledge that you're gaining via Ivy Drew to your ears. That's
0: awesome. That's a great summary. You know, you do such a better job telling about EM Rap Bombs than I do because when I'm doing these podcasts alone, doing so as one person quoted in the Apple reviews, calling it solo Briggs, (laughs) (laughs) solo Briggs episodes. I feel like I just tend to ramble to myself because I'm just sitting alone in the office just like thinking, here's what I'm going to cover. Have I talked about EM Rap Bombs enough? But when you're in conversational format, it's like, okay, yeah, uh, that's that's enough. We get the point. Anyway, sign up for EM Rapid Bombs. It's at supercast.com. So emrapidbombs.supercast.com. You can go through our main website as well. You can click the link below here in the description of the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, whatever you want to listen to on any platform. We are not Android haters. You're more than welcome to listen to an Android-based podcast as uh, – Dr. Wissiski-Kuhn uses Android-based products. (laughs) Such a rebel. Such a rebel. No, (laughs) no. Anyway, cool. So what are we talking about? And what's the correct answer?
1: The correct answer here is C, fresh frozen plasma. Oh, yeah. And the diagnosis you may have gotten part of it, at least, uh, is TTP. So thrombocytopenia is the part which I was hoping that you got.
0: Mm. Uh, I don't think a lot of people probably got that. I think they just looked at the, they read the question or listened to me, give the question and they said, wow, that's really bad. <laughs> we should do something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with like this patient, but they're sick. She's <laughs> sick. <laughs> and it's also funny. We, I think we irritated a lot of med students cause I'm sure there's a lot of medical students listening, saying, why is it not choice A pheresis?" But we'll get to that. We promise. So yeah. tell us about TTP. Uh, we all know the name. But we need a refresher. And we promise you this is not a biochem. We're not going into the details of the weird stuff you learned about it. We're we're giving you the bare bones, what you need to know for the test in real life.
1: Yeah. So TCP is thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. It's actually something that I really appreciate the way it's named because it just mm-hmm. describes the disease. It's not named it's not, after. It's not syndrome. No. So thank you, whoever decided that's what this should be called. Um, it's a rare disease, uh, but you got to recognize it because without treatment, it's got hundred percent mortality. Mm. Uh, so like we said, this is a sick patient, take it seriously. Um, you know, just uh, the tiniest, the tiniest bit of cell biology in the background, just the tiniest bit, which you actually tiniest may bit. get a annoying question about if
0: three, three sentences, guys, bear with us. Yeah.
1: Three sentences. It's due to endothelial injury from an autoantibody, causing you to have absent or low levels of Adam's TS13. That's a protein that helps trim von Willebrand factor multimers, Um, and so these untrimmed multimers end up causing widespread platelet activation, a bunch of platelet-rich microthrombi. That's what uses up all the platelets and causes the hemolytic anemia. Mm -hmm. So you can, yeah you don't want microthrombi all over your body. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the end of us talking about any kind of cell biology.
0: As long as you know. So remember, remember that basically low. every organ system can be affected by this, right? And so the the scary thing is that relapse is common too. Up to like 50% of patients could have this problem again. So, because yeah. it's not just like acquired, right? You're born with this weird thing with the atom protein thing. So don't you love how I'm describing this every?
1: The Adam protein thing.
0: Adam protein thing. So demographically, what are we looking at here? We're looking at patients aged 30 to 50 and it's classically, especially on the boards in women, especially women with a high BMI for some reason, and those during pregnancy. So just remember that the classic, um, description here is going to be again, women 30 to 50 high BMI and or pregnant can happen to anybody, but that's on the boards. It's almost always going to be a woman. So just keep that in mind. Every question I've seen with this is always with a woman. That's just how it is. Yeah. Hey, so what, tell us about the presentation here. It's really disappointing because the presentation, I don't think is that helpful. But no it's features not. And, and what you learned in med school and why it's wrong.
1: This is never going to be a clinical diagnosis for you. It no. may be something that you have a suspicion for, but it's not going to be cinched by any means mm-hmm. uh, because it's vague and it's nonspecific. Mm-hmm. Fatigue. Dysmia, dizziness, uh, GI symptoms are pretty common, nausea and vomiting. Um, but remember every single organ in the body could be affected. So you Mm -hmm. could have almost any symptom. Right. Um, the, -hmm. the GI symptoms are going to be something that's important to kind of tease out in the history a little bit because the time course of that's pretty important. Um, Mm -hmm. when coming to your differential here because of like sugar toxin induced illnesses, um, you know, so whether, the GI illness, like really preceded symptoms or is concurrent with their, the rest of their symptoms in their presentation today. And then they may have this rash, uh, petechia or purpura that's due to the thrombocytopenia, but they shouldn't really have any clinically significant bleeding despite having low platelets.
0: Got it. So they could have a rash, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you describe (laughs) they have a rash. It's a, (laughs) it's a, um,
1: I mean, it's the one Mac- like—is
0: it maculopapule?
1: <laughs> oh my god! Okay, they
0: always describe rashes that way. It's just He Dr.
1: Briggs is saying this because he knows it triggers me. <laughs> it's a pet yeah. peeve of mine. Like, it's either a macule or a papule. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be macules and papules, but it can't. Like, it just anyway. I. <laughs> I want you to think about the size of the rash if you're describing it. Purpura is greater than two millimeters and smaller than that is petechia, but neither of them are blanching. Um, but in reality, and I do this too, even though I have mm-hmm. weird pet peeves about describing rashes, you just take a picture of it and put it in the chart mm-hmm. and then you say rash as pictured below.
0: You know, I can only so imagine the poor med student using the word macular popular to you. As they're shadowing you or working (laughs) with you in ER and you're like, hold up. Then you just, the whole, the whole room, you know, freezes. You could hear like a pen drop on the ground and they're like, oh no, she did it again. She, she upset Dr. Basiski-Kuhn. You know, speaking of pet peeves, you've triggered me now. A weird pet peeve of mine also is that it's 2023 and we still don't have an easy way to upload pictures into the chart in most EMR systems. And I'm talking about like Cerner or Epic. I'm going to just name drop them right there. We're not sponsored by them we're sort of interested so you can reach out to us yeah. <laughs> if you're willing That's to pay, pay us a stipend to help develop a photo capturing app and and for those of you listening out there that think oh there is a photo capturing app we all know and it's it's clanky and it's not that good uh yeah you know it's time for healthcare to get with the program i could upload an entire like reel with any filter i want on instagram in 4k <laughs> and i can't upload right. a photo of a macular rash anyway okay cool.
1: and and patients can upload their photos. I am, because now I'm like, <laughs> I'm on this. Patients can upload photos of themselves via my chart to be like their little, you know, photo yeah. in the corner of Epic.
0: Right. It is cute. Yeah. Which,
1: which, like, sometimes they do with like weird filters on, which is really helpful for what happens in my shop. Okay, that's fascinating. <laughs> I definitely see that, like, okay. the butterfly eyelashes. But, Stop it. but, yeah.
0: Fascinating. That is not happening in my shop yet. That may be a future question, STEM. <laughs> oh. All right. So we want learn at one time the Pentad of TTP, which was really stupid. I hate Pentads. I think that's really dumb to memorize these things. So we're going to tell it to you and tell you to forget about it. The Pentad at one point was neurologic findings, thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, (laughs) fever, and acute renal failure. (laughs) Let's just let's just put Maha. like can we just say Maha? Let's just put everything together from this disease and say it's a pentad. We could do that for any condition. I know. Yeah. Have you heard of the pentad for appendicitis: abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, leukocytosis, anorexia, and I'm coming up with this on the spot. Oh, and um, I don't know, Won't jump migratory up that. pain. Yeah, per- yeah, peritonitis. <laughs> Oh, yeah that's the pentad even heard of the pentad of appendicitis anyway it's stupid in reality this pentad seen in like five percent of patients and it's really dumb never memorize it even if you're a med student you're not gonna be tested on this it's just absurd so tell us the truth about the neuro symptoms because i feel like what's portrayed and what i knew at one point was like oh these patients have like stroke-like presentations absolutely not it's usually not that mm-hmm.
1: at all yeah and the the neural symptoms are really fluctuant mm-hmm. um they very widely, they're unreliable, and it's—I mean, pretty much any neurosymptoms symptoms you can think of: confusion, difficulty speaking, headache, even seizure. Uh, any of those neurosymptoms can be there. Um, the renal injury is something that I think we often think of and are often taught as well. Um, That—that's mm-hmm. a spectrum as well. Usually, the typical presentation is just going to have like a little bump in the creatinine. Um, just true a bump. acute, yeah, just a little bump. True acute kidney failure anuria, that's unlikely. Uh, if you really have bad renal failure, that's more characteristic of HUS, and you should be thinking about that instead.
0: Whoa, 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 back up the bus here, HUS. So hey, this is a great opportunity. Tell everyone the big three when it comes to hemolytic anemia, the scary hemolytic anemias. You should know yeah. You know these are the ones that have the, the schistocytes, as I call them. Um, there's only three of them. So what are those three? Mm-hmm.
1: Three, and they all have three letters. You've got TTP that we're talking about. You've Mm -hmm. got HUS that we just mentioned, and then you have DIC, disseminated intravascular coagulopathy.
0: Right, and HUS of course, hemolytic uremic syndrome. We've done a podcast on that in the past. We have a handout on the website for HUS. Uh, We also have multiple Rapid Bomb episodes covering DIC, TTP as well, and HUS. If you're a Rapid Bomb subscriber, you've already learned about all three of these from our Rapid podcast. We're just now covering TTP, so really you get that. High intensity, you know, in depth episodes for that drip learning. Um, so take a look now. Hey, so here's a key pearl. If you weren't really listening at all until now, we don't blame you. It's been pretty T-L- dull until this moment.
1: Tl TLDL.
0: dl Too long, didn't listen. Yeah, too long, don't listen. So if you're not listening, and you know, until this moment, let's say you know when you listen to a podcast, you're kind of on autopilot, and you're like, I need to really listen that whole podcast. I was not listening. In this case, just pay attention. Here's the big point. If you have low platelets and anemia together in a really ill-looking patient, you should absolutely think about TTP, along with other you know, hematologic pathologies. It's not sepsis. Sorry to break it to you. I know that we're <laughs> always trained to, to think it's sepsis, but think about something else. So if you have a high clinical suspicion for TTP, again, low platelets, anemia, ill-looking, you need to be ordering a schmear on a bagel. Just kidding. Smear.
1: <laughs> Please don't eat the patient's blood. <laughs>
0: The blood <laughs> smear, not a smear, the blood smear. And it needs to be ordered. Does that matter for you? No, but your hematologist is automatically if you call them even for these, you know, leukemia workups that you may call about, uh, if you're working at different eds that have hematology consultation, they're always gonna tell you to what get a PCR get a blood smear and call me in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially we don't, we don't look at the smear ourselves, but you need to get it. And honestly. The lab will usually report a schistocyte finding on the smear. When you order it and it's an automated differential and they look at it and the patient's sick enough and you call the lab and say, hey, what's up with the the differential? They'll tell you there's schistocytes, especially at larger centers. And TTP is extremely likely when you have a patient with low platelets anemia. And essentially you nail the diagnosis if they have schistocytes. Okay. So- However, there is a difference here with thrombocytopenia. Why don't you tell us kind of what that is? Because I feel like a lot of people use thrombocytopenia and it's like one point below normal or something.
1: Right, exactly. The thrombocytopenia we're talking about here is like pretty profound. Mm -hmm. Like we're not talking about the platelets of 124,000 that my mom called me about last week because she saw that it was red on her annual labs. And is that why I'm tired and I'm bruising? Like, no, mom, you're just a normal woman in her 70s. It's okay Stop. to be tired. <laughs> she doesn't have TTP. In TTP, the platelets are usually less than 20,000. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And of course, there's going to be those other general symptoms that don't really matter here that are all inferred, right? Remember the stuff you remember from medical school, the low haptoglobin, you know, who cares? You're not ordering that test, even if you have the ability to. The high LDH, the indirect bilirubin elevation, jaundice, icterus, splenomegaly, all that stuff is going to be potentially present. We all know that, but we're just not covering it that well or stuff have to memorized because you're never going to use that to diagnose this now the mm-hmm. coagulation studies are typically normal in these patients which is fascinating if they aren't you need to be thinking about dic what we talked about earlier and that's a, a different condition all in itself now infection could be a common trigger it you know it causes the ttp to manifest there's other stressful things that could be triggered here pregnancy we mentioned earlier general autoimmune conditions like lupus sclerotoma whatever you don't have to know the details of that you should be starting broad spectrum antibiotics on these patients, but just know that it doesn't treat TTP. Usually the patient's look ill enough where you're like, well, I just can't 100% roll an infection. Absolutely. Start broad spectrum antibiotics, but that's not going to solve the problem here. So speaking of that, let's get into the, really the meat of the answer choice and what the treatment and management of these patients are. What is the main like standard treatment that has been tested on med student boards forever?
1: Yeah. And that's the, you know, answer. I think it was answer A that the med students are going to be Pissed wasn't the right answer. Um, and that's because the ultimate first-line treatment. Re- negative review. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but it's okay to learn. All right, guys. <laughs> yeah, learning. That's why we're here. We're teaching yeah. you that the first-line yeah. ultimate treatment, plasmapheresis, um, is what the patient ultimately needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need admission to the ICU, but that's not always the next best step. You can't just, like, plasmapheresis right. them through the 20- gauge IV in their hand. Right. Um, in reality, it takes time to start that up. Um, and while you're waiting in the ED dealing with this like sick patient that we've already told you is unwell, you can give them FFP.
0: What about what do you not oh, give them? <laughs> I was about to ask you that you beat me to it. No, i beat never you. give them platelets. This is the one hematological emergency where you're not giving platelets to everyone else. You can give platelets to if they need them. Mm -hmm. Don't ever give platelets for these people with TTP. There's some like unclear research stuff saying, well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Absolutely. Don't ever do that for the boards, hundred percent wrong on the boards. And in real life, I bet you're going to meet some resistance. Just don't do it. There's nothing clear saying you should don't do it. You give FFP, you don't give platelets. All right. So don't do that. (laughs) Don't ever do it. The data is muddy. Don't do it. So when you're talking to hematology here, they may suggest some other things too. name just a couple of them just to are aware. but it's not the priority here. And it's not the right answer on the test.
1: Yeah. They might ask you to give glucocorticoids. That's sometimes mm-hmm. used in combination with plasma exchange. But the data for that is also weak. There hasn't been a definitive mortality benefit shown. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be a right answer on your, on your right, boards. Right. Um, and then other words you may have heard before are... Tuximab. it's an adjunctive agent it can hasten the speed of recovery it can reduce relapse but in reality this is something you're just going to like nod your head to when the hematologist is talking to you because it's not really it's not an ED treatment it's not going to work right. immediately
0: Sounds great champ I'm going to admit him to the ICU mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> yes. I'll, call the
1: intensivist and pass that right. on to them
0: Right 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 scary yeah. stuff
1: Um it's still I mean these patients are still really sick
0: even when mm-hmm. you
1: treat them as needed. Um, the mortality rate, even in those that are treated with plasmapheresis with plasma exchange ranges from like 10 to
0: 20%. Hmm. Okay. That's bad. Hey, so let's review. I'm going to name something about TTP and you're going to either say true dat or fake news. So platelet transfusion and TTP.
1: Fake news. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) Just say no to platelets. FFP transfusion and TTP.
1: True DAT. Best treatment option in the ED while you're waiting for plasmapheresis.
0: Great. Broad spectrum antibiotics.
1: Also, True DAT. You're going to do it because they look sick and you can't rule out infection. It might be infection, but it's not going to change anything.
0: And then, last one the Pentad is reliable.
1: Fake news.
0: The fakest no. of news. The fakest of fake news. All right. I think that's everything. So remember to go to emrapidbombs.supercast.com. Check out our premium podcast. You get all sorts of amazing drip knowledge. And uh, really, is there anything else we should mention? Iltafot says hi. He just texted me. He's on a beach somewhere.
1: I'm sure. Well, thank you to Iltafot for helping solve the Writers Guild strike.
0: (laughs) Did they solve it? Are they done? I haven't kept up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all 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 better. But
1: the actors are still striking. I don't know. Maybe that's where he is. Okay.
0: Okay, great. All right, cool. All right, good seeing you.
1: You too. Until next time.
0: Until next time. Bye bye.